DePietro became the story. Radio talk show host John DePietro. All right, here we go, folks. Welcome to the Power Hour. It's John DePietro. This portion of our program is brought to you by K's. Remember, whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, stop by K's. They're waiting for you. I really like the um, story that is out. Rhode Island GOP calls on Democrats to return Mattiello money, and it is timely. It also follows up on uh, the cusp of, you have uh, Mayor Mattiello, excuse me, uh, Speaker Mattiello, Speaker Mattiello that uh, the Biden people, Vice President Biden's people did not want his endorsement. Then you had a candidate in Maine that sent back or doesn't want his campaign contribution and or any type of endorsement. And it is about time, and I love the fact that the GOP has stepped up and continue to speak out about this speaker. And joining us right now on the program, she is the chairperson for the Rhode Island Republican Party. I want to say good afternoon to Chairwoman Sue Sienke. Good uh, good afternoon, Chairwoman Sienke. Good afternoon, John. Thanks for having me on. I am so glad you're speaking out about this, and that's why I wanted to give you a little bit of time to have a discussion and talk about it. It is right on the money that these people need to step up and return that money that they've received from Speaker Mattiello. Certainly. It certainly shows that there's a, a huge amount of loyalty among the Rhode Island House delegates, and now we know why, because they have, he has given them an enormous amount of money to their campaigns, he has taken them out to dinner to buy their loyalty. And, you know, we're saying, stop the nonsense. Because if you don't, you're complicit in anything that is found out that he's done illegally or there's any criminal activity going on there, that you're complicit in this because you are taking money from him. I also like the fact, Sue, you touch on, a lot of people don't get into this. And they can say, well, he's just... He's just um, spending it with his, his campaign money. But what people don't recognize is this is such a social function for these people. You know, they're in session on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and session ends. And it's a big deal. Anyone that goes out in the city on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, and all you have to do is go to some of the most expensive restaurants in Providence, whether it's Cafe Nuovo or Capriccio or the Capitol Grill, and who comes rolling in, but it's people from the State House, and they're spending money from their campaign accounts, and especially Speaker Mattiello, he, he takes them out and winds them and dines them, and, and that money is fueled from special interests and lobbyists that, you know, donate to him, and he has the big fundraiser where he stands there, and they all hand their, their checks almost over, to almost like the bride standing there at the wedding, and people are, are handing over the envelopes. But, um, but that, that needs to come to an end. That, that they are complete. You know, I like the fact you said that. They're complicit in, in what's going on with him right now. Absolutely. And there is a cloud of controversy from what has happened at JCLS, He is using that as his own purse to hand out money without meeting the JCLS, and that's uh, uh, currently a a, uh, lawsuit that the Republican caucus has brought against him to say, no, you don't have control of that money. That is a group that is supposed to be bipartisan in nature that gets to determine how that money is being spent. So he's using that to give favors to friends, and if you look at who works up at the state house? Who are these people and how do they get the jobs? Are they the best qualified or are they friends of Nick? 
And that's how he maintains his power. And the same thing with giving campaign contributions. If you look at our list, there are some of them that would have absolutely no money in their campaign finance accounts but for Nick Mattiello. So, of course, they're going to be loyal to him. However he wants them to vote on certain issues, they are going to remain loyal. And that is not doing the job of what a legislator should do. And they're supposed to be representing the constituents within the district that they were elected to represent. And we saw that at certainly some of the bills that came up here with the Evergreen Bill and the Firefighter Overtime Bill. There were cities and towns, and the League of Cities and Towns is actually suing um, to prevent that legislation from going through. And yet representatives in those districts voted against the interests of their own towns. So it's whatever the speaker wants, he gets done by buying no loyalty. You know, so, and you've also hit on something, and I'm going to put you and I in the, I'll I'll say the 1%. And what I mean by that is we follow it closer than the average person, and that's by design. That's because of my occupation. You also happen to be chairperson of the Republican Party. But what I find interesting about this is even the media that does follow this stuff closely was unaware on this quote, JCLS known as the Joint Committee on Legislative Affairs. The journal even had to dig in. Now, Kathy Gregg, she is is, is an um, effective reporter uh, <laughs> that you will find, knows stuff inside and out, has a tremendous memory. But she even found the last time this group met, this JCLS, was 2009. But the damage, Susanke, is the budget, the legislative budget that controls the State House. And that's everything up there. Grew from 33 million in 2009 to 45 million that it stands today. And and people now, when you think of all the advances, and now they actually should have been downsizing. And because of technology, you have three people. One person could do the job of three people, and so forth. Instead, that I think that best illustrates we don't know what's inside this budget. And when you have a budget where there's no accountability. That's how it grows from 33 million to 46 million, and it's run by Montanaro, and it's basically total zero accountability as far as the spending goes for that budget. Exactly right. And you look at neighboring states in in the New England area, and you look at New Hampshire that has a $15 million budget to run their General Assembly. They have twice the infrastructure. They have about the same amount of people, population in their state, but yet... Ours, we're close to $50 million. That's insane. Wow. And we're a part-time legislature. Right. We only meet from January to June, um, and that's it. So there are people with full-time jobs up there that work up there, okay, to get the the state moving in a certain direction, but how many full-time employees do we need up there year-round? Right. Definitely during the session, there should be people up there. You need research analysts, certainly in the fall. Um, It's it's pretty astonishing to me um, how much money they spend. And then, you know, when we talk about how about an inspector general to look for waste, fraud, and abuse, we don't have the million dollars. Wait a minute. You're spending $50 million on the legislature alone. You can't find a million dollars in there to get an IG in here to root out other causes of waste, fraud, and abuse. And and we looked at Dr. Pedro last year. We were paying some gentleman a million dollars a year on unproven medical uh, treatments. And there's not a million dollars in there. There needs to be an inspector general. We need line item vetoes. And we need to stop 
giving the speaker this much control over that much money. And if the Democrats aren't standing up and talking about this, then they're complicit with him. They allow this swirl of controversy to, to happen at the State House. It's happened before. We had Gordon Fox in Carnivale. There, That's there right. Corruption in Rhode Island. It's People in the state of Rhode Island have to say enough is enough, is enough. You know, and Susie Yankee, and again, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. I speak with Susie Yankee, who's the chairwoman of the Rhode Island Republican Party. You also raise a good point, and I, I, there's someone that works up there that always says, you know, they, they would never behave this way if it was their money, but because it's other people's money. A perfect example to me is illustrated with what they call capital TV. Those people all have full-time jobs. They're really only in session, let's face it, from January to June, and then they're done. Um, it, when, if you and I were working on a film, and this goes on in Hollywood all the time, if you ever look at a job listing out in Hollywood, that's where the studios are, they're going to have a film. Uh, they're going to make a movie. And and they hire people. They're going to be on location for three months. And you get hired for that. And you're freelance. And then at the end of the three months when the film is completed, you're, you're done, basically. What this is, it, it, if this was really run effectively, that capital TV, which is, there's a lot of money there. And it's all politically connected individuals that get jobs there. If this were... A private company, you would actually hire someone to film your session and do all of the, everything the Capital TV does. But you would never, Susie, you would never hire them as full-time employees. They don't do anything, and nothing against them. But there's nothing going on in the summertime. There's nothing going on in December. We we don't have lifeguards that are collecting paychecks all year round. You hire lifeguards from <laughs> Memorial Day to, or really 4th of July to Labor Day. Like, that is to me a perfect example. Um, there, there's no, and, and there's nothing against them, but there's, there's nothing going on. Like, Channel 10 has people on staff. You know why? Because they're going to have a 5 o'clock report, and they're going to have 5.30 and 6 and, and 7 and 11, but Capital TV, it's not their fault that they're not in session in July and August, but that to me is a perfect example. There's zero necessity to have people as full-time, year-round, capital TV employees. Right, and it's very interesting. They have an office in JCLF that's for interns, and they don't pay the interns during the session, but they pay interns in the summer months. To me, I, I said, wait a minute, you should be paying your interns that are working during the session. What do you need interns in the summer? Most people are up at the state house. I would imagine that's when they take their vacation. From June to December, because they're not in session, any full-time employees would be utilizing their vacation time then. Right. They can't from January to June. So why are you hiring interns to come and get paid in the summertime, but you're not paying your interns when they're in session? Um, it is a very convoluted, crazy system up wow. there. And, and the more that I'm in this job finding out the day-to-day -day operations of the state house, the more I'm bewildered as to how taxpayer dollars are being spent. Um, and I think about that. What's left in your wallet when they spend all this money? That's right. Um, you know, we're losing population again. We lose businesses. We're not uh, friendly. And when people hear of stuff of spending $50 million on a part-time legislature, um, if it was spent efficiently and effectively and people saw the bang for their buck, yeah, okay. And, and that's where legislative grants come out of. 
So now we see that only one person, the speaker, is controlling all of that money. He gets to decide who gets those legislative grants. That's right. Well, you know, it should be on a competitive basis if we even have them at all. You know, why do we even have them? You know, you, you have close to a $10 billion budget. You can't find no money in there to make sure that everything is done appropriately. It's, it's just a little crazy to me. Paid summer interns. Uh, that is something I didn't know. Before I let you go, and again, folks, it's Susie Yankee, who's the chairwoman of the Rhode Island Republican Party. You've had uh, two announcements recently. You should feel good about that. One is, and I'll give you a chance to touch on both, uh, Representative Bob Lancey of Cranston has announced he's challenging Congressman Jim Langevin, and it doesn't seem he's going to have a primary. And then also big news, and, and a, the part of this that I really like, is not only is Barbara Ann Fenton Fung going to challenge uh, District 15 and become a rep there against then now seat held by Speaker Mattiello, but Steve Frias, who ran for that two times in the past, has come out and said he is not going to challenge her in a primary. He's going to support her. So I, um, you know, kudos for you. Those those are two high profile races, and uh, and I think you have two solid candidates. Yeah, we um, District 15, of course, was one of our targeted races, so we're always thrilled when a Republican wants to step up to the race. Uh, we always call Steve was a reluctant candidate previously, but he did it because he knew how important that race is. So, And um, Steve, of course, is very loyal to Mayor Fung, um, so we're thrilled that uh, at this point it doesn't look like there is a primary. We're not sure who... Uh, the Democratic candidate is going to be in that race because we're not sure if the speaker is going to survive this session. So it may be an open seat, um, which would change the dynamics. But it's it's great that there's um, someone has, that has stepped up to the plate. A Republican has stepped up to the plate to run. We're always thrilled about that. And Bob uh, Lancia is an energizer bunny. Um, I've never met anybody that has more energy than he does, and he is everywhere. Um, he will work hard for his constituents. So we're thrilled that somebody wants to challenge uh, Congressman Langevin. And in the number of years that he's been there, we cannot think of any major legislation that the congressman has actually produced for the uh, citizens of Rhode Island. So he's been there a long time and hasn't really done much for the citizens. So we're hoping that it becomes a competitive race. And I know Bob will work hard for it. Um, and we'll see what happens. But we're glad that there's somebody else in the race. And there's also a gentleman, Alan Waters, who is running against Senator Jack Reed. That's right. So it's it's nice to see people stepping up to the plate. We still are looking for more candidates to come out there. We're still recruiting. We actually just finished four weeks of candidate training. We had a number of candidates um, from throughout the state that are now trained and ready to hit and go door knocking and get out there. Um, but we're still looking for other people to step up to the plate. You know, I say it's such a beautiful state here. We have... Oh, I understand. You don't have to give me the whole thing on that. I yeah. want to commend you with the three candidates you have. Susie Yankee, what I also like for, for if this goes forward the way the momentum is going with Bernie Sanders as the nominee, I personally look forward to hearing Senator Reid out on the stump, Langevin out on the stump, and hearing them defend their candidate, uh, Democrat uh, socialist Bernie Sanders, and hear them defend no borders, uh, $100 trillion in spending. Uh, you know, we should admire people like Fidel Castro. As much as, you know, it's been difficult for some people 
to defend the person at the top of the ticket, in the tippet, ticket, excuse me, in the form of President Trump. I, I really want to hear Congressman Jim Langevin defend Bernie Sanders and say he fully supports him. Well, there's a huge dichotomy. It will come down to capitalism versus socialism. And Bernie's saying, free this, free that, everything is free. Well, nothing is free. There's a price to that. And the price is you'll all be paying more. Um, And how much more can we actually put up with? And when people talk about Medicare for all, I always say it's people that have not had any experience with the system because it is not the panacea and wonderful thing that everybody thinks it is. It is a government-run program. And as we see in Rhode Island, look at, look at our governor here. Everything she touches is a disaster from UHIP to DCYF to DMV to, the, of course, the veterans' home. I, you build a building that you can't get a wheelchair through that's not handicap accessible? I, it, it just astonishes me. Um, we have dead children at DCYF. Um, and she seems more interested in helping Mike Bloomberg That's run right. than actually running the state of Rhode Island. Excellent you know, 2022, point. when we look down the road, you know, we really need to find somebody that's a turnaround specialist. Because from both a financial standpoint and an administrative standpoint, she is going to leave this state in a mess. And if you had somebody, uh, God forbid, as President Sanders, who wants to give everything away, <laughs> um, it, it would be an utter disaster here. Yeah. So, um, but... John, be careful, because in 2016, who won the Democratic primary in Rhode Island? It was Bernie Sanders. It was Bernie Sanders, and I would think he's going to win it again this time. Folks, she is the chairwoman of the Rhode Island Republican Party. It's Sue Sankey. Uh, Chairwoman Sankey, great job, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. All right, folks, there it is. Susie Yankee joining us right here on the John DePietro Show. With that, we'll open up the phone lines to you, 401-766-1380, 401-766-1380. You can email me, john, at dipietro.com. I am, um, I can't get enough now of, uh, I, I, I like, first of all, I loved all the articles about how bad New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg did in the debate and now i mean it is a full court press blitz about they were all going after uh bernie sanders senator sanders big time i'm looking at a headline now rama Emanuel issues a dire warning i'm just looking at some of the headlines abc top news broadcast in america nine million viewers with um david murr i watch him a lot i actually uh flip over I watch, I'll go back and forth between Channel 10 and Channel 12 for the 6 o'clock news. But for the 6.30 news, the national news, I, most of the time I flip to ABC. I'll flip over to ABC. Um, I'll sometimes watch Lester Holt. I just, I don't watch Nora O'Donnell. Nothing against her. They do, they do a good broadcast. I mean, it's not, if, if Channel, Channel 12, um, they do a, a good job, and sometimes I shouldn't say never. I mean, I'll, but if I'm thinking of it, I just ABC has a very good news product. The, they do. Um, Look at some other headlines. Biden says, "quote He's the candidate sub- for the United States." This final, he's the candidate for the United States Senate. <laughs> the time will Obama move to stop Bernie Sanders? Did Ob- brain freeze? Biden says, "I'm the candidate for the U.S. Senate." I think he meant, oh boy, let me play this. I think he meant, he meant to say president. <laughs> and I have a simple problem. I'm here to ask you for your help. 
Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other Biden. Give me a look, though, okay? My goodness. Now, again, that's the front runner. That's the front runner. That's the guy that supposedly is going to defeat. I I just don't believe it. He's the one that's going to take out President Trump. I don't see it. Um, Let's see. Virus. Top investor asked for advice on stockpiling food. Extreme panic could soon hit the USA. President Trump says it's under control. I, I don't know about that. I'm not. You know, here is an article. Again, folks, 766-1380. Hold on. I want to go back to uh, this. Buttigieg. Here it is. Mayor Pete faces black voters weary of a gay candidate. This is the most underreported. I should have brought up this up to Donna Perry. Um, South Carolina State Senator Gerald Malloy. He's fine with a gay presidential candidate like Pete Buttigieg. His older mayor relatives are not, and that may be the defining challenge of the campaign. As Mayor Cheat tries to sustain his early success in Iowa, New Hampshire, he has to prove he can win over African-American voters who make up the core of the vital base. You know what's interesting about this article? by the Associated Press, by Tom Beaumont and Tom Foreman Jr., is when this was brought up, I watched the Sunday morning shows. When this was brought up on This Week by, uh, with George Stephanopoulos, they have someone on the panel who immediately shot it down, who said it shouldn't even be discussed. How dare anyone even bring this up? Here it is in black and white. Like, here's the problem. These problems are never solved. If you want to treat it like the emperor has no clothes and close your eyes and say that it doesn't exist. So are we not to believe this state senator? Who's a person of color? Who's saying his older relatives are hesitant and reluctant to Mayor Pete because of his sexuality? Here's what this guy says. Malloy is black and lives in Hartsville, South Carolina, small town, rural, northeast South Carolina. Black population of almost 50%. Here's what he says. He's got to convince people like my dad and uncle when they still unfortunately subscribe to stereotypes. A poll commissioned by Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina, found it made no difference in the decision making to 79% of African American voters if a candidate for president is gay. The number was only slightly lower than white voters. Conversely, 16% of black voters said they'd be less likely to support a gay candidate, slightly higher than white voters. But in a primary race with several candidates, that small percentage could make a major difference. Buttigieg is appealing for the support of black voters in part of a person guided by Christian faith, uh, inclusiveness. That approach worked among Iowa and New Hampshire, vastly white electorate, where he finished in the top two. Well, he didn't in, in Nevada. He finished in fourth in Nevada. A poor showing in South Carolina, black voters make up two-thirds, might suggest he cannot win over black Democrats. Why? Because he is in a same-sex marriage. Mayor Pete has been careful not to equate the struggle for acceptance among gays to that of African Americans seeking equality and civil rights. At the same time, he's tried to reach voters with a message of belonging. 
with the hope it resonates in the state's robust Christian community. I think for those who haven't quite found their way to the right side of history, it's important to beckon them in the right direction, he said. His sexuality reappeared in the campaign when Rush Limbaugh said on his radio show, America is still not ready to elect a gay guy kissing his husband on the debate stage. Now, Rush was then pummeled for that. But it is right there in South Carolina. See, this, this I have a, folks, and again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. I have a problem with the media. If this exists, hear me out. If, if, if part of affecting someone voting, for example, I have no problem, and I don't think you would. If there are people that don't want to vote for Bernie Sanders because he's too old, if that's the reason, don't. Leave it out of your news reporting. Now, the Sanders people could say it's not fair and then try to combat it. But if you pretend it doesn't exist, that that obstacle doesn't exist, you're, you're denying the news is what you're doing. You're trying to censor the news. If there are people that said, you know, I'm not voting for Hillary Clinton, bottom line, because she's a woman. We can, all day long, you can say it's wrong. They shouldn't think that way. But if it's affecting the vote total, if people won't vote for Bloomberg or Bernie Sanders because they're Jewish, I did, no one is condoning it. There are people in the media that feel if they report on this, it's as if they're condoning the behavior. But it's, it's, it's not – it is um, – they're not consistent about it. They're not consistent. Because they'll go out of their way to try to find something, some kind of data that says that President Trump is appealing and getting votes of white supremacists. White supremacists, right? They'll, they'll have no problem reporting that. You know what's interesting? And someone else pointed this out. You know, Chris Matthews went on MSNBC last night and apologized to Bernie Sanders for mentioning Nazi Germany in the beginning of the First World War. He did. And we're still waiting to see if there's any type of punishment coming from MSNBC. It doesn't look that way. But he has completely had a green light. The members of the media that go on and compare President Trump to Hitler. It is completely um, double standard, a complete double standard. With faith-minded South Carolina voters paying close attention, Mayor Pete held up his marriage as an example in contrast with President Trump. The thrice-married billionaire. I mean, I'm sorry. One thing about my marriage never involved me to send hush money to a porn star, blah, blah, blah. So they want to debate family values. Let's do it. The defiance portrays the more subtle approach he takes in courting black voters. Um, His team has focused on winning over voters resolutely opposed to him based on his sexuality. It's not something we spend a lot of time thinking about, said his national campaign spokesman. He is who he is. Yet the discomfort lingers, listen, in the minds of men like Henry Baldwin at an evening service at Mason Temple Church, Church of God Christ in Conway on Sunday. Here's, now this is 54-year-old Henry Baldwin, who's black. Ready? Boy, the Associated Press, they have guts publishing this interview. Ready? I don't support that lifestyle, to be honest. A lot of church people don't support that lifestyle. I'm supporting my beliefs. Well, then go after 54-year-old Henry Baldwin, who's black, who attends church service. Mayor Pete's campaign has discussed internally the importance of reaching black women of faith. 
hoping the marriage, his message of inclusiveness outweighs discomfort with his sexuality. There are at least some signs it has. Uh, one uh, associate minister says she was drawn to his eloquence, calm, and intellectual depth, but soul by the faith he projects. See? See, but that is an example. Yet there remains an intransigent even among the black women he's targeting. Listen to this quote. <clears throat> I just can't see him being a representative of the United States of America, said Karen Wilkerson, 69-year-old retired teacher. When you think about all the state things he has to attend to, being in the public eye in a foreign stage, having the company of his partner with him, I guess coming from my era, my age, it just bothers me. I don't think I will vote for him. Some African-American pastors say the sexuality hasn't deterred congregants. Uh, individually, people say, I'm not opposed to him, but they worry America's not ready for it. I, I don't know if I believe that. I think that's actually, they just don't want to come out and say it. They're saying, oh, I'm fine with it. But it's a lot of other people that are comfortable about it. The bigger problem in South Carolina, former mayor, he has not campaigned frequently in the state. And many black voters mainly know him by the criticism of the way he handled things with minority residents. I don't know if I believe that either. Um, but what I like about this is at least they're honest about it. And it sounds like many of the people they were interviewing are being honest about it. How about in Italy with the uh, coronavirus? Italy sees a 45% rise. Whew. How about this headline? Three months to decide the fate of the Tokyo Olympics. Raise your hand if you want to go to Tokyo with the coronavirus. Guests in Spanish hotel locked down. Iran says top official who played down the fears is infected. Doomsday vault stocks up 60,000 more food seeds. Whew. Man held in county jail for 27 days with no charges. Extreme panic could soon hit the USA. President Trump, it's under control. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I'll believe that when I see it. Well, it's not in control in this country. That much we know. It's definitely not in control. I mean, excuse me, in, in Europe, it is not in control. It is definitely not. Um, they have to fight to try to stop it from spreading in the United States. And obviously the, the uh, president's people are on that. Folks, um, 766-1380, 766-1380. I want to uh, again remind you about our friends at West Fond Auto Body. If you ever find yourself in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 272 272- 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. It's Kenny. It's Patricia. It's your vehicle. It's West Fountain Auto Body 272 3340. If you're in an accident and it can happen, people just don't pay attention or you have people that are texting and driving or drunk driving or they're uh, somehow uh, they're on something, right? Edibles or they smoke pot, whatever it is. And then suddenly, boom, they're in an accident. Call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. The original best, the Rapirio vehicle, showroom-like condition, West Fountain Auto Body. All right, uh, 766-138 is our phone number if you'd like to comment. Uh, a lot more ahead also on uh, Bernie Sanders continues. Now, he is really under attack right now. 
and they are actively trying to attack him and stop him. And this is all a buildup to Super Tuesday when a lot is going to be decided. We'll take your phone calls. Also, you can email me, john, at dipetro.com. A lot more ahead on the John DePetro Show. Do you own and operate a small business and you rely on communicating with your employees while they're out in the field? Well, if you do, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. This is Sal with T-Mobile for Business, and I encourage you to reach out to me today at 401-332-0000. This is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Right now, we have unlimited plans with unlimited talk, text, and data. With no contract, great deals on iPhones and Samsungs, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Stop wasting money. Call me for a free consultation at 401-332-0000. Again, 401-332-0000. Stop wasting money with your current cell phone carrier. Call me today, Sal with T-Mobile for Business, 401-332-0000. Well, remember, for your business, you can depend. Maybe you need Mega Logistics, Mega Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300, 401-431-2300 for Mega Logistics. What can they help you with? Well, if you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight, supply chain management, Routing, bill auditing, customer development, developing proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. Folks, you can depend on MEGA Logistics. Call them today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. 401-431-2300. MEGA, M-E-G-A Logistics. 401-431-2300. I'm on the road and my ride is going strong. At Paul Massey Chevrolet, you get the lowest price guaranteed every day with Rhode Island's only true one price on our exciting lineup of Chevrolets. Paul Massey's one price plus true car equals our best price guaranteed. And it's only at Paul Massey, Rhode Island's number one Chevrolet dealer. Lease a 2020 Equinox LS front wheel drive for only $179 a month for 39 months with $29.88 due at signing. Buick GMC South is New England's number one Buick dealer and Rhode Island's number one GMC dealer. Get the lowest price anywhere. Paul Massey's one price plus true car equals our best price. Guaranteed. Lease a 2020 Terrain SLE front wheel drive for only $198 a month for 39 months with $24.88 due at signing. Great selection, top-notch service, and the lowest one price. Only at Paul Massey. Well, remember, folks, there's nothing better than delicious, fresh pastry. And that's why you're going to love stopping and see my friends, Ron and Melissa. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Cookies, pastry, try the chocolate-covered donuts, cannolis. Everything is fresh. Brownies, cakes, pies. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Make, making pastry great again, located 170 Roy Little Drive in Providence. Where is that? Well, that is right next to AAA, right off of Silver Spring Street. Stop in and see them. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, Bakery and Cafe, Cookies, Pastry, Everything Fresh. Try the chocolate covered donuts. Try the cannolis. Try their brownies. Making pastry great again. It's Ron and Melissa. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop in. 
170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. You're going to love it. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk All right, folks, and we're back on the John DePietro Show. Remember, you can email me, john at dipietro.com. john at dipietro.com. Visit the website. You can also tune in on Facebook Live. Good afternoon to uh, everybody on Facebook Live. Just find my page. It's John DePietro Show. We have other stories there as well that you can comment on. It's a happening. I want to play uh, Rahm Emanuel on uh, CBS this morning. This is good party at risk. Here's more from his interview on CBS this morning. I think his candidacy is built on a political side. If you look at President Clinton's two wins, President Obama's two wins, the 06 and 2018 midterms, they all come with the same paradigm of a victory, which is a big urban, a big suburban turnout. It's a metropolitan majority. Uh, and Bernie Sanders' view is, I don't want these moderate, fickle voters. We just have to turn out our base. And to me, it is never in six elections, we have won one simple way. Very straightforward, a center-left strategy. His view is forget the center, we just want to be left, and that's never been tried. And the turnout in three elections, not a big number, but at least you can look at it, has not been generated the way he says it has. Is it too big of a risk for the party? Uh, too big? Well, it's both an ideological risk, policy rise. I don't think that's. I don't think the country. There's 70 million waiting socialists to be woken that don't know that they're socialists yet. Emmanuel cited Illinois House districts, which are traditionally conservative, but were flipped blue in 2018. He says none of those candidates rushed to back Sanders. He also had thoughts on Mike Bloomberg, who he said is not ready for the debate stage. Katie Johnston for CBSChicago.com. You know, that is, um, I really like that piece. Folks, I mean, if you're a Trump supporter, you got to love the fact at how they are upping the stakes and going after Bernie Sanders. And... I, I just, I also kind of, I don't understand these, these um, his candidacies built on a false premise. You know, I, I would argue, though, against that is how much were we hearing, <coughs> you know, the Drudge Report has a great, uh, let me just hold this up to uh, everybody on Facebook Live. Look at that. The Drudge Report has the, the, uh, the earth with the mask on. World on lockdown. Spread in U.S. is inevitable. CDC outlines plans. God, look at that. The mass with this coronavirus. I, I believe that this is begun, going to become a much, much bigger story. I don't think the media has covered this as effectively as they, they could have. I think um, it's, it's and, and I'll say this, though. It's, it is difficult when you're dealing with someone like China, who by all accounts, they're they're lying to the world and they're hiding just how how serious the situation is and they're not being fully transparent on just how serious the situation is i played earlier you you have people a woman that's witnessing in china they're putting people in bags who are still breathing that they believe have the the coronavirus and they're burning them alive 
that's how serious the situation is. Um, I want to just um, check the latest with this. I mean, Rome right now is on shutdown. A lot of people, how many people listening right now plan and a, a lot of people in our area uh, like to visit Italy or have a planned trip to Italy. And then suddenly you have to decide. I mean, Italy is absolutely on lockdown. Just an American should prepare for significant disruptions to their lives. <coughs> this is very significant. The White House. Let me read this. Uh, coronavirus live update. CDC warns Americans prepare, prepare for significant disruption. Let me play a little bit of this um, report. I want to hear this because I think it is. U.S. health officials appear to appears to be a strong warning about novel coronavirus. It's not a matter of if, but when it spreads. I'm telling you, I think this could affect. Let's hear a little bit of it. Trump administration has asked Congress for two and a half billion dollars to help fight the outbreak. This comes as the CDC issues its highest travel warning to South Korea, and the number of cases are growing there and in Italy and Iran. And now concerns growing at a hotel in Spain where a case was just confirmed. There are now more than 80,000 cases worldwide, and the outbreak is also sparking fears on Wall Street, the Dow plunging more than 1,000 points on Monday. We're going to have more on that in a moment, but first, James Longman joins us from Milan. Good morning, James. Yeah, good morning, Robin. Milan is much quieter than usual, but as Italy does what it can to control this outbreak, we're seeing the dangerous potential for the spread. Infection breaking out from here to both Spain and Croatia. This morning, the urgent race to stop the global spread of coronavirus and the potential for contamination now clear as an Italian doctor has now tested positive in a Spanish hotel, forcing more than a thousand guests to get tested. He visited the hospital yesterday with fever and COVID-19 symptoms and he's now in isolation. All guests are being told to stay in their rooms until results are back. And in Croatia, the first confirmed case. A man also recently in the Milan region of Italy, the patient described as young and his symptoms mild. In Italy, the number of reported cases at over 200, an increase that World Health officials call deeply concerning. A number of countries now restricting travel to or from the Italian red zone and Kuwait, the first to stop flights to the country. 50,000 residents across 12 towns are under lockdown as the death toll rises to at least seven. The normally bustling streets of Milan, much quieter than usual. Dana Rogers from Wisconsin runs a business here. My family's worried because you watch the news and you see the supermarkets and you hear about cities being quarantined. So my mom yesterday was like, I'm really worried. I think you should come home. The number of cases also at worrying levels in South Korea. Overnight authorities raiding the headquarters of this church in Guichon, where the first COVID-19 case was reported. Health officials trying to test its more than 200,000 members. As the World Health Organization struggles to figure out exactly how the virus is transmitted, health officials say it could turn into a global pandemic. The CDC issuing its highest travel warning, telling Americans to avoid all non-essential travel. It's time to do everything you will do. 
And in the U.S., the number of confirmed cases at 53. The effects of the virus felt far and wide, from Wall Street to Hollywood, where Paramount Pictures announced Monday it was stopping its production of Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible 7 in Venice out of an abundance of caution for the safety and well-being of our cast and crew. And scarily, we're now seeing officials fall ill. The Iranian deputy health minister has been pictured on television, clearly suffering from coronavirus. Michael. All right, thank you, Jane. We're now joined by our chief medical correspondent, Dr. Jennifer Ashton. And, Doc, we see these cases popping up in yeah. many other countries. You know, that, um, I mean, that is uh, obviously frightening. I want to just get into also the latest thing. Um, not a matter of if, but when. Significant disruption to their lives. Health officials hope to prevent the spread in the U.S. Following community transmissions in Italy, Iran, and South Korea, it may not be able to contain the border, urging residents prepare. This comes in contrast to the Trump administration. On Tuesday, they said the threat to the U.S. remains low. But the White House is seeking close to $2 billion emergency funding. Expect to see community spread in the country. Americans should channel the concern about the virus, preparing for its arrival. Uh, now, folks, this is useful. Americans should continue to practice pre- preventive measures, hand washing, staying home from work if they're sick. Local officials should make sure they have system in place, teleschooling, remote work options, reduce face-to-face contact in communities. Healthcare facilities should be prepared to increase telehealth systems and delay elective surgery should the need arise every community response will be different uh so far there's been no community spread in the united states 43 people charter flights from wuhan china or the diamond princess have tested positive and 14 cases have been detected in the u.s of those 57 only two involve human transmission If the White House request for funds is approved, that will be earmarked for vaccine development, procurement of equipment and supplies, support preparedness and response activities. Nancy Pelosi called the request long overdue and inadequate to the scale of this emergency. She accused the president of critical positions in charge of managing pandemics at the National Security Council. You know, this um, slow reaction to this, as Donna Perry was saying, this could really hurt the Trump administration, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer said the administration's request too little too late. The president's trying to steal funds dedicated to fight Ebola. Um, we've seen no sign any plans emergency of dealing with this. But it does, I, I, I just look, I mean, what is the big thing that hits next month, which is March Madness? Are people going to travel and go to all these different arenas and... You, in hotels and then it's spreading and uh, Japan has the third highest national total. 700 cases diagnosed aboard the Diamond Princess cruise ship. Tucker Carlson as I mentioned, he um, his program was excellent last night in um, let me see if I can I thought he was excellent about some of the things and really of where it, it comes from. They had someone live it was excellent. He, they had someone live at Dulles. And, you know, he's also not wrong about the spread of it. I like this. Here we go. Let me play. Um, if that concerns you in any way, if you think maybe we ought to take some steps to protect ourselves from it, then you're a bigot. Coronavirus panic is racist profiling against Asians. 
lectured some arrogant moron at Slate.com. A writer for the Seattle Times warned that, quote, yellow peril racism was the real epidemic fear. And so on. Countless publications wagged their fingers in the face of readers and told them it was irrational, probably immoral, in fact, to worry more about the coronavirus than the annual flu. Identity politics trumped public health, and not for the first time. Wokeness is a cult that lets you die before they admitted that diversity is not our strength. So fast forward to today. What began as a regional outbreak in the city of Wuhan, China, is now spreading across Europe. Parts of Italy are shut down tonight. If that concerns you in any You know, and he's exactly right. Uh, wokeness is a cult. I, I mentioned there was an article... And I think they had someone from Brown University locally. I'll have to go back and find it. Saying that um, that this was uh, it was biased, and this shouldn't be portraying Chinese bigotry in this way. That that's that's not what it is. That is not what it is. Um, I mean, you can't ignore what what's happening right now. How about this? AOC helped her goddaughter get into a charter school. <laughs> Why doesn't she support school choice for everyone else? Well, of course not, because it's a double standard. So Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez helped her stepdaughter, no, her uh, niece. What is it? Yeah, she's not married. Her goddaughter, excuse me, into a charter school. But she doesn't support school choice for everybody else. Nope. If you live in a failing school district... They don't want you to go to, go to a charter school. They want... <laughs> they, no, you don't have the right. You have to go to the, uh, the failing government school. Um, I like all... God, have you ever seen... I've never seen my Twitter feed so filled with pictures of Fidel Castro because of Bernie Sanders. But the coronavirus... Virus, um, it, it is it is absolutely just rampant right now. Absolutely rampant. Have you seen? I mean, what's going on in Rome, northern Italy? It is um, it, it and it's not. It's getting worse. The biggest thing is going to be when it reaches here. That's what I. That's what I think. Right. Folks, 766-1380, uh, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. This portion of our program is brought by K's. Remember, whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, stop by K's. They're waiting for you. Everyone remains. This thing with Mattiello, uh, the more and more you hear about it, it's just a matter of when. When is it coming to an end? Not an if. Doesn't seem to be an if anymore. Now it's just a matter of when. Who's going to take over? And I, I don't think it's going to be the end of it. Wait until when they start to get their hands on some of the files, some of the spending, some of the criminal activity that's been going on at the state house. I think it's going to be just the beginning of this whole thing. Hey, remember, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 Repairs on all makes and models of appliances, whether... Excuse me, whether it is a washer dryer or your stove or your oven or your refrigerator. One thing I know, Ryan can fix it. Ryan's Appliance Repair. And 90 days parts and labor guaranteed. Senior citizens discount is available. And Saturday appointments are available. 
Remember what we say. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096 for Ryan's Appliance Repair. So it's uh, it's big news that Steve Fryers, who had uh, challenged Speaker Mattiello twice, he basically beat him in 16 he lost 2016-2018, but he's not going to run, which has paved the way. There'll be no primary. It'll be Bob Rand, Fenton Fung against him. But uh, so that that is really big political news. And as I was saying to Susie Yankee, I'm I'm glad that's that's a good candidate. Um, there are some good people that are stepping forward, and people that are are trying to you know get involved in the process, saying we we can't continue to have these people in power. he That's a big one to remove him. But going back to the uh, the virus uh, south in uh, South Korea, that's a very, very serious situation. China, we don't know how many people have died in China. They don't believe the Chinese are being forthcoming about just how many people have it, how it's spreading, where did it come from. I think you're also going to see more media attention on it and that helps the front runners in any type of political race. There is a big focus, and Bloomberg now is trying to make a run at Bernie Sanders. Uh, they're all trying to make a run at Bernie Sanders, but at the same time, uh, Bloomberg is that that was a mistake from day one. The guy's going nowhere. There's no way this is going to be successful with uh, with former Mayor uh, Mike Bloomberg. He's John D. Petro. his talk show on your radio he's john d petro tune in your radio go get him johnny d hey folks thanks for listening again this portion of the program brought to you by k's whether it's lunch dinner drinks in the lounge stop by k's they're waiting for you have a nice steak sandwich say hello to faye behind the bar I know you have Danny in the kitchen. They do such a great job, whether it's Jessica or John or David. They're waiting for you. The John Dion program is next. Remember, visit the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-T-R-O.com. We're an official Rhode Island inspection station as well. WNRI and W236CW in Socket, 1380 AM and 95.1 FM.